0: My name is Claudia. I'm a yoga teacher, earth student, writer, intuitive, health coach, and above all, a soul navigating the chaos and wonder of this human experience. I am your guide for all things spiritual, cosmic, well being, personal development, and expansion. And my purpose here and now is to use my voice, to empower you to activate yours, to get to the depths of who you are and to find your light. With me, with all of us, Learn to trust the process. This is where the magic happens. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. So today is a guest episode. Um, we have my friend who I kind of met in a very serendipitous way through Instagram, Um, we started following each other and we became friends quite quickly and just kind of connected in a very soulful way that I think is very rare and as soon as I um, was like having conversations with him and um, we were really getting to know each other on kind of a spiritual level and engaging in discourse and just talking about everything you could possibly think of um with just such an open and curious mind I knew that I wanted to have him on the podcast because the conversations that we were having were just so elevating and consciousness expanding and they were so humbling as well and they really were kind of void of ego and judgment and opinion and they were really just so grounded and open and expansive so this episode is with my friend um, Anush, who is also a spiritual guide um, in the spiritual wellness wellbeing community whatever you want to call it you can go follow him on Instagram um, I'll leave his links below and he also says it at the end um, he is the creator of Volkpack, which is a personal brand um, that he kind of goes into and he talks about the evolution of throughout the episode um, and he also is a tarot reader so you can check him out for any of that stuff as well Um, I'll just give a brief overview into this episode it's quite a long episode but I think if you're interested in topics like we cover topics like talking about purpose what it means to truly live in purpose what actually is purpose how do we uncover our purpose we talk about fear and how that can be such a profound catalyst for spiritual growth we talk about in a child healing, we talk about trauma, about emotional regulation, we talk a lot about our gifts, our talents, how do we actually uncover these, how do we pursue these, how do we go about bringing and omitting and sharing and engaging with the world the things that we know deep down we were born here to do. Um, but we don't necessarily know what they are or we know deep down what they are but we don't know how to uncover them or we're afraid of what might happen of outcomes we talk a lot in detail about this so if that is anything that interests you I highly recommend you giving this a good listen it was such a brilliant conversation and um, we also talk a little bit at the end about what is tarot um, which I found really enlightening and Anoush gave a really, really cool description of that and how it resonates with him. So if that's something that interests you, you can listen to this as well or skip straight to the end. Um, But without further ado, here is the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trust the Process, the podcast. Today is a really exciting episode because we're joined by my friend and how I would describe him as spiritual guide slash mentor um, that I recently have the pleasure of getting to know um, through social media and who joins me now and that's Anush. Um, so Anush, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm really happy to have you here.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, uh, Claudia, first of all. Uh- Hi everyone. Uh, yeah, my name is Anush, and um, yeah, like like Claudia said, um, mentioned uh, a spiritual guide or, or mentor, one could say. Um, so thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me.
0: You're so welcome. Um, so I think just to get the ball rolling, um, I kind of just want to get the audience to get to know a little bit more about you, like what it is that could be literally anything like what inspires you in life what makes you feel passionate what do you do anything like that whatever comes to mind when you kind of go to describe yourself or give a kind of depiction of who you are um so yeah take the lead
1: (laughs) sure thing so um i think for me something um that is quite at the core of everything i do is um like the balancing of uh, masculine and feminine energies is something I'm quite interested in and have um, had a keen interest in developing within myself and also uh, sharing that with others um, so I spend a lot of time in the gym uh, which I really love um, and then also like on the flip side I'm really enjoying um, you know activities and practices such as meditation
0: Mm-hmm. And how do you find like those, how did you find those things that um that you're passionate about, like, for example, the practices that you've developed or different types of meditation, and then also the more grounding things, like moving your body, exercise, going to the gym. How did those things appear to you in your life and did they come to you at a specific point in your journey? and at what point, that they kind of really stick for you and you feel like oh okay this is something that is actually going to really help me along my journey and this is something i want to continue
1: awesome uh yeah so it's, it's really interesting actually when i when i talk about you know the gym and, and then the meditation and um masculine and feminine i kind of my one could say spiritual journey or um development into such a practice and and knowledge and subjects happened more so in 2020 in the year 2020 which I think a lot of people around the world started to um Mm. develop develop themselves um self-development and perhaps open up to spirituality and meditation um Mm. and talking of looking at looking at the kind of the balancing of the two uh my my journey started actually more so where Kind of mid 2020, um, I went through, I think, like we all did, quite a difficult time and I turned inwards, um, into meditation and I found a love, a very strong, loving kind of connection that I made.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then after that, shortly afterwards, I, I started doing quite a bit of exercise. It was like the high intensity training hit, hit workouts.
2: Mm.
1: So kind of about that time, I, touched very um gently and lightly upon the two
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and then what i found to be the case over the coming three years up until now is i would i what i did was really really spend a lot of time in the feminine energy in the initial mm-hmm. phase like at the end of 2020 for about a year it was mm-hmm. very more feminine energy um introspection lots of meditation um lots of grounding outside of nature of the animals. And then in the last like year and a bit it's been more in the masculine
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and kind of where i'm at now is really finally balancing the two mm.
0: um and I'm how sure are you... answers
2: the question? yeah
0: then. no yeah it does how are you like managing that how are you finding the navigation of balancing the two because i guess when you're in well from my experience when you find yourself being or acting predominantly from one side even if you're aware you're doing it your focus is not necessarily on always bringing the balance in but it's when you have experienced being fully in both at certain points and then you're trying to like navigate finding this equilibrium and like just getting them to come together and work together how have you been finding that or what have you been what have you been doing or how have you been finding navigating that
1: yeah i mean i think with these things it's it's a lot of the time it's down to like the capacity we have in the moment, uh, at that particular time, that particular moment in the year, mm. we don't always have the ability to take in, uh, more information. Sometimes we have to kind of process the information that we currently have. Mm. And so for example, um, you know, to actually, to actually bring the two together is something that takes honestly time and maybe some, um, trial and error. So when I, for example, when I went from the feminine energies into more the masculine, where I moved up to, um, moved up to Leeds in England and I was working full time for a year and a bit in an office environment, that was very, very masculine energy. Mm. Um, and that was a great time as well. But then to bring back the feminine and to balance the two, I think I required, I, I needed that time where I focused on one or the other before I could incorporate the two. And, and mm. it's just one of those things where, through time um and through through trying things and through maybe struggling with doing one or whilst you're doing the other more so Mm -hmm. you eventually can get to a stage where um you you just balance right it's it's all about balance Mm. yeah Um,
0: yeah and what do you think the um like the catalyst was for you kind of embarking on your spiritual journey so to speak because I guess I know you said it was around sort of 2020 when all of that stuff (laughs) was going on but was there something because you could have also I feel like that was a really pivotal point in time because it's obviously this is the case at all times but when something like that comes into being like in the in the 3d planet that we're living on it's it gives like the whole population a choice and it's like are you gonna stay where you are which could is not necessarily a bad thing like maybe that's where you're meant to be right now or are you gonna understand that something's shifting and choose to kind of move with it and see where it takes you and go against the grain in doing so so other than the fact that it was a time when you know the world was experiencing chaos and mayhem and things that we've never seen before in in our lifetimes other than the timeline itself what was it was there something specific or anything that really sparked you to be like oh okay like this there's something there's something here you know there's something there's a deeper essence to all of this that I want to explore
1: yeah, so kind of two things. One is looking at the introspection of myself as an individual. So when I went through the tough time for the breakup initially, that's like the internal thing. From it impacts myself um, very personally, and so I, 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 you know, turning into meditation. Um, I wasn't getting along with my housemates for some reason at the time, and so it was, it was quite a solitude time. And that's like that's I think that's the thing that we all shared around the world at the time was. We had time to ourselves to kind of there was the opportunity for growth not necessarily mm. that it happens for us all or that it happens in the same way and um but there was the opportunity and we all grew in some way i think um mm. so you know that experience helped me to go internally to learn a lot about myself and looking at my uh, started to look at like my childhood for example to mm-hmm. look at like relationships and why, <clears throat> the, you know, the different types of relationships that I was um, finding myself in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, looking at looking at myself as an individual and and mm-hmm. those, you know, the other people that uh, were mirroring aspects of themselves, whether mm-hmm. it was something sim- similar or whether it was um, the complete opposite. That's mm-hmm. that was one thing, and then also was the other factor um, very important was actually you know what was going on in the in the world at the time um mm-hmm. with the uh it's a touchy subject but yeah. you know with, with the question that you've asked me it would it would be not correct if i didn't answer it truthfully um yeah it's with, okay there's nothing with, with nothing the, um, limits. <laughs> yeah so with this um you know through the government and the media they they called it a pandemic and um i i i, I had you know my own views and the reasons i had my own views were because i was uh you know in the early stages of march april when Mm -hmm. when this all got advertised and marketed out there um and you know spoken on different platforms Mm
2: -hmm. i was
1: outside initially actually initially i was i was fearful if i'm honest with you uh claudia i was i was fearful like i think any anyone's initial response to receiving that information that we did get would would be fearful i mean Mm -hmm. If you know, if we are trusting the, the information, you know, it's it's quite yeah. a quite a horrible thing that's happening around the world. But I think what started to happen for me was um, as I was going about my day, shopping at that time, you know, I had a scarf around my my mouth at the time, Leeds Leeds United scarf uh, as a support <laughs> them the football club, and um, and this was before even we mask were a thing. I was, I mean, I was protecting myself more than most people. Um, yeah. But then what then? What I started to notice was the things were just not adding up it didn't make sense things yeah. around me. In yeah. in my environment, there was not actually enough precautions being taken into account. Um yeah. and so when I talk about the internal and the external, this was the external thing. And as a result of my thoughts and being quite different to the majority, um it then meant that the solitude that we already were all all experiencing um was kind of multiplied. Mm. And yeah. there was so much more solitude for me because of you know, certain relationships and connections. Mm-hmm. Um, there just was no longer a. Uh, we were not on the same wavelength, right?
2: Yeah.
1: At the time, anyway, and I think at the time everything, the emotions were quite high. Looking back on it, at it now, looking back onto that time, and you know, people with different viewpoints now can definitely um, come together more. Yeah, and I think definitely. there's more acceptance. Um,
0: yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think. Is like you said it's such a normal thing to be induced with that level of fear when you hear something like that because I was the exact same and I already was like I was already quite I don't want to say far along like as if there's like an end point but I was already like well into my like discovering my spirituality and who I am and Trying to knowing that there's something more to life and trying to go against the grain and things like that. And as soon as I heard about it, I I think I was like actually more fearful than most people. Most people I knew, and I remember I was at university and I was like scared to leave my my um, accommodation. And it was literally on the campus grounds. And I'm quite thankful that fear didn't last that long, but it was like very sudden and it was just um I don't know if that has something to do with the fact that maybe those of us that felt that initial fear like super strongly maybe that might be part of our kind of like empathic nature kind of almost taking on the fear of other people that was to come that just hadn't arrived yet and we were kind of just being hit with that and just like, whoa, okay, what is this? I don't really know why I feel so much fear because I've not really felt this before, and I know this is a new situation, but it's it feels very alien to me to feel this afraid of something intangible that I've just been just been told it literally two days ago. So I think a part of it that's just my kind of that's my two cents. I think part of it might be that like taking on the the fear of um, Rest of the population that they hadn't yet felt. Um, And also, maybe because those who were like starting or already embedded in their spiritual self development, self growth journey, maybe their consciousness or their higher self or their soul knew that that was going to be another catalyst to like spur them into more growth. And so they needed that moment of just like crippling anxiety because they knew that there's no other option because if you're like if you're awakening for the first time and you've never had some kind of spiritual awakening before I think you're going to feel um I'm losing my train of thought um oh yes yeah I think if you if you've never had a spiritual awakening of any kind before and this was all completely new to you you would approach it in a different way to maybe those of us who have and yeah. you your mind would probably question it a lot more it would probably take a lot more time you would be on this very liminal space where you're almost transgressing and like going into this oh my god what is happening awareness but also it's just taking a lot of time to get there but I think if you've had an awakening of some kind before, it's gonna be a lot quicker and therefore more intense. So you're gonna feel that fear just come like bam right in your chest for like a short period of time. And then slowly it will start to dissipate and your growth will just accelerate from there. But that's just that's just how I see things.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh it is interesting, like like you said, like for me, um this this shift in character, one could say in personality mm. and, and, and in, in, in many ways i say that this is my second life i'm living now since since the year 2020 uh, it's, it's just a complete change that um it is interesting when you know I, I meet people that kind of were doing the things i'm doing now and thinking the way i am now prior to 2020 um mm. and i think it i think personally that um you know all these things happen for our greater good mm you know that like that's another subject maybe you know we've we've spoken about this um like the worst times and the toughest times kind of really elevate us and they allow us to have that opportunity for for growth
0: yeah I think that's so true I think that's that's that can sometimes be a really tough pill for people to swallow and I think sometimes is 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 obviously hard hard to believe but I think generally speaking most people who say that both of us included and um other people that i've heard say that both just people in close proximity to me and also people in the self-development um world who have a bigger audience and things like that i think the people who say that they they know that to be true because they've because the times that they've gone through have been so something that should have like the way your mind sees it is the things they've gone through you shouldn't have been able to get come back from but you have and that's how we can say that because we're like really really this is not in vain and
2: yeah
0: there's i know from personal experience there's certain things that i've gone through that i wouldn't wish on anybody else and i wouldn't wish consciously like to have them repeated there's no way that I can sit here and say that I would if I had the choice I would go back and not have them happen because it was so it's like it's not like the things that happen to you well I don't think the things that happen to you like the things make you who you are but I think they 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 act as a catalyst for you to connect back to who you are you know yeah, and, like, absolutely. Peel back the layers and go through the unveiling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this whole the pro- whole process of life, and uh, you know, we we use this word spirituality, and it's it's funny that you mentioned me initially as a, as this kind of spiritual guide mentor, and I and you know prior to our talk, I said I wasn't really sure how mm. I would you know um, kind of uh, refer to myself, but
2: mm. but
1: every time since twenty twenty. When I've spoken people have said oh you sound very spiritual oh, mm. you're, you know you're, you're very spiritual I'm like am I am I really is, is that is that what you think I, I don't know am I am I not mm. so um it's kind of been like a a tag or a name that people have associated with the way I've spoken or the mm. things I've said but um I'm still trying to figure out uh, myself kind of what it means um yeah mm.
0: and how do you find that so uh, since you're talking about you know the kind of introspection that you were plunged into after 2020 how did that inward journey and all of that and, and not just the journey but like the subsequent change that happened in you inwardly as a result how did that end up or how has that mirrored externally um in your external environment whether that's i don't know like in job living situations or relationships and communications or just how you see the external world or yeah how did that how did that shift externally and did it feel like a a stark contrast or did it just feel gradual and then suddenly you look back and you're like oh wow i have a really different perspective now
1: oh that's a great question i think um <laughs> I think, to be honest with you, a bit of both. So there's been times where it was an instant um, an instant change, especially like the feeling of when one says, oh, it's broken my heart or something's broken my heart. When you experience something like that, or those words come out of your mouth, um, in those moments after, you know, the days after you really shift quite instantly in those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, gradually looking back over the last, you know, three years, I can say like my confidence has just gone a lot. i a lot stronger. I've gained so much more confidence as a result. Mm. Um, but also mm-hmm. trust. I'm trusting, and um, I'm so much more calm and um, at peace with, with with my life because I know. Mm-hmm. I know so strongly, and I, and I love these two words: believe and know as well. Because you know, there are certain things that haven't. I haven't really experienced to the point, uh, like a scientist, you know, they will, they will check certain things, um, Mm. and to see if there's a pattern before they say they is a fact. And I, Mm. I, I kind of, I speak and use these words knowing and belief in a similar way. So anything I, if I say I know some things because I've truly, truly experienced it and there's been a pattern that has, uh, that has, um, presented itself. And so when you can say, you know something or you experience something of that strength, such as you know free meditation things you've felt seen um mm. through the, the they call they call it oftentimes in life coincidences yeah um, <laughs> and that's a lovely word as well to talk about it's, it's when you start to see these things happen so often and they do so because you know you have this connection now to the universe or you've better said you've strengthened that connection mm. um life can only become, you know, more joyful and um, you really start to kind of live in the more present, I guess, rather than fearful Mm. of the future or worrying of the past.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, how do you think that people can start to tap into that own awareness themselves maybe if they haven't gone through an awakening yet or maybe they have and they don't realize it or maybe they're on the brink of going through one or the second one like but they they know they're not completely unaware or they're in the search of something more you know like how because I think sometimes when you've is easy to say well not easy to say but like it's easier to say when you've gone through the experiences and you can say like I know this because I know it to be true because I've experienced it in my whole being like internal external etc but I think sometimes it's hard for people to like grasp a concept of like okay but how do I tap into this kind of awareness how do I connect to a part of myself that has nothing to do with external conditioning if it's not being involuntarily taken away from you through some kind of awakening How do I actually go about starting that?
1: Well, I've got to be honest, I'm so happy you asked that because it's been something I (laughs) wanted to talk about, but I've forgotten. Oh, so cool. (laughs) So bringing that into the subject of conversation, I I don't actually think, um, in fact, I would be so confident to say, I, I, I know to a point that we don't have to experience the negative experiences in life. Like I mentioned, to actually know and and, and experience the positives,
2: mm.
1: or or more so um, to develop that knowing of whatever is spirituality and that up there is a higher power and um,
2: synchronicity,
1: mm. not just and uh, not just by chance. The thing is, it is the practices that one um, embarks upon, such as meditation and and even you know the more physical things like going to the gym and exercise and, and you know balancing mm. those energies, and you know what one what one may see during meditation or feel, uh, what one may see or feel during breath work, um, when you connect to nature and the animals and and the trees and, and etc. Mm. It is it is those practices and those um, actions that actually create the knowing. It is not mm-hmm. the pain, so you know mm-hmm. the heartbreak and the difficulties of being isolated only well, gives so a catalyst. Nice. They only give you the opportunity to then go up, go away and do mm-hmm. those other things like meditation. You know, yeah. um, a lot of the time in life, we will maybe get inclination or a feeling like we need to do something. For example, we're eating the wrong foods, and what happens is we may get little reminders like oh you'll you'll have spots or oh you'll feel bad from eating certain foods maybe Mm -hmm. drinking too much and these reminders can get bigger and bigger this is Mm -hmm. how the universe works and what happens is um at a certain point if you've been ignoring these signs to start looking after yourself or start or to change something you will then get hit by something bigger yeah um but at the end of the day it's not the it's not the negative Thing that is um, what one must experience. You don't all have to experience that to grow. Mm-hmm. It's simply mm-hmm. the practices. So I think you know, meditation is is just is you know, it's the first thing I said. It's one of the biggest things to do mm. to bring yourself into the present and to also to connect to uh, to energies and powers and things that simply you will develop a knowing for that do exist, um, mm. but to uh, but to put into words can be difficult for even someone of that has practiced it for years you know
0: mm. I think that's really cool because there's honestly something I've not thought of before is how because that's kind of the complete opposite oh hit my mic <laughs> that's kind of the complete opposite to what you, kind of what you've described as your self growth and spiritual journey and mine as well because for me, it's been very like experience-based and then discovering these practices and things that connect me to myself and to the universe and to all of this energy surrounding us and that's within us all the time. It's kind of been that way. And then I guess the way you're describing it is that there's another way to, um, to access that and to feel that but it's just coming at it from a completely different angle. And I think that's so cool because those people that experiencing it, ex- experiencing it from coming the different way, they'll have such a completely different experience that I will never have, but we're ultimately arriving at the same thing, which is so cool. Cause I've never thought of that and I'll never know that. I'll never know what it's like to not, have discovered the practices that are so ingrained in me now that connect me so deeply now through experience and it's just as such a cool and it's quite a humbling thing to know as well because it kind of if you have any like residual spiritual ego it kind of knocks that back and it's like oh hey you know these there's these other people that are just getting there all by themselves <laughs> so you know which is really powerful it's really cool i think it gives a it's really um like hopeful as well because it shows that you don't you I think it shows that us like the people that have gone through those experiences that know what we know and feel what we feel are most most of us a lot of the time our role is to be a guide in some way like in one way or another even if we don't really realize it And then I think to be able to then guide people who then won't have to go through the experiences we've gone through, it's like this constant circle of just like teaching each other and guiding each other. And that's really powerful, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think something to consider when when we look at that other idea is just wherever there is abundance of something, there is going to be... A, the collective is going to have more of an awareness to it. They're going to be more exposed to it. You For example, let's, let's not even, you know, not even looking at spirituality. If you look at the idea of crypto, mm. cryptocurrency, just this, this, this terminology in the word, I think mm. initially, you know, years ago, or whenever this came into to being a thing, um, There would have been a very limited number of audience or people that were exposed to it that were using it or that researched it. But the the more and more that time goes on, it's Mm. simply inevitable that those that have perhaps not been exposed to it in a the same way that the others had initially will Mm. start to research. They will they will reach out to to want to know about it. So I think Mm. where there is information, where there is Mm. education and knowledge of any subjects in life. There is the opportunity for those that have not been exposed to it in, this, in a same way mm. to, to want to learn about it because they hear about it. So the more and more mm. that we speak about things like meditation, grounding, putting our feet in the earth, you know, yeah. um, tarot and so on, the more that these things are thrown, out, thrown away, um, you know, the words spoken of, um,
2: yeah.
1: it simply is a is going to be a response and reaction <clears throat> and then people yeah. are going to start to question what is that you know
0: yeah i think that's really powerful as well because even on an uh, it's kind of like a reminder well for me anyway it's kind of that sort of serves as a, as a reminder of like sometimes sometimes i feel like oh i have i, I have all this knowledge and i i I don't know what to do with it you know it's like oh my god sometimes it gets a bit it feels a bit overwhelming or it makes you feel a bit in over your head or you feel like oh if I just had this audience I could get it to them in this way or if I just if it could just be translated or articulated in a different way it would come across so much better or oh if I could just reach more people but I think the thing that really grounds me about what you said is is coming back to also like the energetics behind it of like it doesn't matter if you've got a million people listening to you or two people listening to you. You both have the potential for the same amount of people to listen to you. So it doesn't actually matter if it's literally two people or literally 500 people because there's the exact same potential is there and the energy with which you're putting it out into the universe and whatever medium or resource you're sharing it, whether that's just to one person in a conversation, whether that's like now on a podcast in, you know, whether you're just speaking it out loud to yourself in prayer to the universe, you're then putting more of that energy out there for it to be received somehow. Even if someone's not going to literally hear you in like the very human way that our minds would tell us, yeah, but if you're literally just speaking to yourself, how is that going to make a difference? Because no one's going to hear you but energy like precedes everything right energy is the foundation for everything and nothing else would exist without energy so everything that we're putting out there is being picked up on and is being is amplifying like the general voice and the general message that that's getting out there so that's really cool
1: Beauti- beautifully articulated as always <laughs> Claudia. I, lo- I love i love
2: that honestly thank you yeah. Yeah, that was great <laughs>
0: Well, I hadn't really uh, thought about it. I just you just kind of inspired it with what you were saying. So,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit as well about kind of veering on another part. Um, your I don't really know what to call it. I'm just gonna you can re um, reframe it for me afterwards, but I would just. I'm just gonna call it your like personal branding <laughs> that you have um, that you're like getting out there that is behind you or that you're behind um, that. Well, that's it, really. That's cool. it's called Volk Pack, and I would just love to know more about it. Where did that come from? What's the meaning behind it, or what's the energy behind it where was it birthed from where is it going has it changed when you first created it or thought of it and anything and everything
2: <laughs> mm,
1: big question yeah but no happily <laughs> would can 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 get into that um oof, well i had the idea of uh, initially it was volk V O L K, which is um the word translates in russian to wolf and Mm -hmm. funnily enough in in German to uh people or group which Mm. initially when I when I thought about the word uh when it came to me Volk I didn't think about it for the German translation but it's so wonderful because it's you know what it represents is is very much about a group Mm. of people or a collective and 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 people but also um so and pack pack is like you know group so Mm. we look at the wolf pack um and what it represents um for me it, it it was a it was an idea or a vision one could say that, that stemmed and the seed was planted in back in 2014 um around this time i was struggling quite a bit of depression it mm-hmm. was something that i i was kind of between jobs i just i just left the job and i was just really not happy with you know my life and through you know to to without kind of going into depression what it is and my personal journey with that just yet um kind of Vogue pack turned into something for kind of empowerment wanting to wanting to empower the world and the collective each individual being and, you know the, the the tagline that we that i have uh Bob pack is fearless alone unstoppable together and it's about like looking at the idea of the lone wolf so the wolf is on its own it, mm. it's very strong the lone wolf and it, it kind of goes about its journey as it does and having to hunt for itself having to look after itself so fearless mm. alone and then the the unstoppable together is like when the collective and and, and as a group as we come together as um as these powerful souls that we are, mm. this power that lies within us deep, um, it's about kind of empowerment essentially and wanting to spread that and share that message and share that uh, you know or any wisdom, any things gained, um, mm. empowering, empowering the collective and, and the individual.
2: Mm.
0: And has it always been like that then? Has it changed over time? Has it evolved or has it's like in? Has the intention behind it changed at all? Shifted?
2: I think now it's Is got you? a lot more
1: freedom. Uh, mm. There's a lot more freedom towards it. If I'm honest with you, like I used to be very um so connected to it that when the when the branding or the word the the word mm. Volk changed to Pack, I was quite emotional. Um, mm. And then now in the more recent months, and one could say in the last half year, I have <clears throat> I've disconnected more so from what a, what a name. My ego has dis- disconnected from, um, you know, what I'm doing, <clears throat> having to have a certain name to it, a certain mm-hmm. attachment, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna detach from that. And as, as long as the message is the same, as long as mm-hmm. the intention, remains true and mm. um, that's for me is what matters the most mm. um, and being just open really and I think a lot of the things I kind of present and uh, share with the world online is is kind of an openness and not, not being a, afraid to, to be open um, mm. and I think that then touches upon you know certain feminine and masculine kind of ideas that we have in society.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, but I think like part of that, maybe that attachment that you had to the initial name, like it's um, it's very human, you know, like a human thing to have. And I think if anything, that is because it almost sounds like based on what you said, it was created out of like almost ten years ago. Like when you think about it, it's like wow, that's really rooted in purpose in like so much of discovering you know who you are has obviously happened along that time but that has always been there and just kind of been going along with you in some way and I guess you could even see it as as like a kind of grieving process of being like oh it's time for it to just evolve to its next its next form (laughs) it's not seen its final form yet and you know it might do that again and you might change certain things about it you never know and I think It's not like you're not grieving a word and being super attached to like something superficial. It's representative of things you've gone through and like grieving past versions of yourself that you've shed and that you're now taking a new version of it along along with you. And if it's always been like you said, the intention remains the same. It's rooted in purpose and community and that is unchanging so sometimes things around it will have to change but the the core of it will never will just always be
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely I think um if you've heard of like the term the ego death Mm. like when one experiences you know something that we can refer to as the ego death Mm. that is it's it's quite a very very powerful experience when that happens um and i think you know looking at the kind of the name of a brand or the name of something you want to present to the world when you lose that attachment to the name which is what happened to me um it's important to then recognize as as a human is, is is the intention like you said um and yeah as long as we remain true to why you know why are we Mm. doing something um the rest of the kind of logistics and the names i think that will just kind of fit into place i do i do truly believe that
0: Mm. and i think it's just it's kind of cool as well to be able to see it through that lens of awareness like that observational perspective of being like oh you know i was i didn't realize it but i was quite attached to that and now i know that there's no other option but for it to move forward And I'm just going to feel and just watch it as it goes by, you know, like, because I even on a, in a kind of different way, when I um, kind of developed my own like branding and business, um, Alma y Tierra, which means soul and earth, I, I always, even before I kind of consciously knew, oh, I'm going to be working for myself I'm gonna try being like an entrepreneur I'm gonna try having my own business and developing my own brand I always knew that that it's it's hard to describe because the mind can't comprehend it but I always knew that that would be the name of a business that I didn't know would be a business (laughs) if you know what I mean so yeah and um I think I my name on it just started like by just changing my name on Instagram. And I think my name on Instagram was just my, my name, Claudia Howick for so long. And then I, I must've changed it. Oh, I don't know, maybe almost a year ago now, but I remember when I changed it and I knew that I had to change it. I knew that was the thing that I needed to do. And I kind of felt a similar feeling maybe in a different way. Cause I didn't, you know, it was just, I almost felt like I was grieving a past, like not just one past version of me, but a whole host of past versions of me. Cause it wasn't about the Instagram. It wasn't about like, oh, people are not going to see my name and people, this was really nothing to do with that. It was really the fact that what it represented and like ever since I've had that account, everything that I've posted, everything that I've consumed, every caption that I've wrote, every thought that I've had while looking at someone, someone else's, thing every exchange of energy positive negative whatever it is has been since that's that's no more you know like it's time for that to me to draw a line and for me to be the one that's consciously drawing the line it's like your ego is like oh are you sure like we're not gonna draw it's trying to get the pen out of your hand like no what are you doing don't be so stupid why would you do that? And you're like, no, like it's okay. We we can do this together. Actually, like it's not like, oh, I don't need you. I'm gonna draw it by myself. It's like no, like it's okay that you feel like that. But come with me. We'll draw it together, and I'll show you that it's actually is actually okay. And yeah. and yeah. Once we've drawn it, you'll see, and you'll be like, oh, okay. Maybe I was being a bit overdramatic, <laughs> you know. So.
1: Yeah. And I think that process, just everything you've kind of spoken about. That, that feeling that that process and and where that name had an energy attached to it and a, and a story mm. to yourself very personal story mm. that you wanted to perhaps see grow and look a look a certain way as we as mm. we do you know our conscious or subconscious it has these ideas and visions um I think when you go through those moments where it doesn't work out like you initially thought or you plan to it, it tends to work out better but um that whole process develops the trust again it strengthens that connection to the universe and that the knowing yeah. of these um of the you know this spiritual kind of world or experience that we are living in this like i like like i like to uh hear and think the spiritual being living in a human body human experience if you've heard that yeah. one yeah or something along the lines um
2: yeah
0: yeah no i completely agree um another thing that i would like to talk about as well well, we kind of touched on it briefly talking about purpose and the idea of connecting to our purpose and doing the things that we're doing which might be against the grain but we're doing it in purpose and i guess that's what that's what keeps us going um i think I wanted to kind of ask you what your perspective is on like, I guess the journey to uncovering your purpose, because it's something that's always, it's is unchanging. It could manifest in different ways. It could change, you know, but it's it at its core and, and in its essence, it is unchanging. And I guess I wanted to ask like how, just going to throw it out there how do you discover what your purpose is if you have no idea if you have no no idea where to start if you're like I don't know you've kind of you've done or you're doing what all of us have done at some point and for most of our lives which is you know going through the schooling system going into higher education doing things that you think you want to do and that you do have a significant interest in but what's the reason that you're interested in that maybe the reason i'm interested in studying english literature is because it's i i can acknowledge that i do enjoy it and it is i am passionate about it but is that is it is that really my passion or does that have something to do with everything that i've learned and gone through since birth like what's my true passion what's my true purpose beyond all of those things and not that any of those things are bad and you can definitely live in alignment with Interests that you've developed are through some kind of conditioning and also your true purpose. But how do I distinguish between the two? And how do I move from this place of conditioning to true purpose? And how do I know if I think I'm living in it and I'm not? <laughs> you know?
1: Uh, well, the thing is, the ego, if we look at the word the ego, um, it really defines the words that we create as humans Mm -hmm. looking at the for example purpose for something to have a purpose there is an attachment if you can this one's a a bit out there but it's if we're looking at the word for example the soul's purpose or what is one's purpose Mm -hmm. to have to 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 something to be purposeful and um it's attached to something else Mm -hmm and so for example my purpose let's say is to be a chef i don't mm-hmm. think it is i i, I enjoy mm-hmm. cooking kitchen now i've developed that in the last few years but mm-hmm. you attach you know oneself i to something mm-hmm. else in this, in this case being a chef and it's quite an egoistic thing normally attachment but actually mm-hmm. i like to think of it more and this is a very recent uh, way of thinking or perhaps even just now since you've asked this question is that actually what if there doesn't have to be a specific purpose what if what if it is more so this journey that we are on there are things that we're strong at there are things that we enjoy there might be one thing that you really enjoy more but then for each of us it's very different as well um i strongly believe like um mm-hmm. i don't think you know if we do look at the word purpose, sole purpose and how do you find that? Well, it's going to be completely different for everyone, first of all. There's going to be some things that are really obvious. For example, some of the musicians from a young age, they just got this amazing gift for singing. Now, mm. in some instances, you know, going through childhood and you know, your teenage years, you might have a knock to your gifts. And this is yeah. something that commonly does occur to a lot of our gifts and talents. We we can lose confidence in our ability to do uh to do them
2: Mm.
1: um but fundamentally and back to the core the individual has a great gift of singing or maybe artist or being an artist or you know painter Um, um and you know in those instances you could say it's 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 quite clear but also along the journey the individual might have tried many different things And so that Mm. can produce where there is where there is abundance there is now a lot of choices and that can potentially cause confusion so you know through this journey of life and kind of touching upon all these different hobbies and interests it's very easy to um, get confused Mm. and I think it's I think it's a journey I think I think talking, oftentimes, especially one of the things I want to do is that uh, I'm, I'm currently working on. Claudia is is helping people to discover what is their gift, their inner gift.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think so. I know that's why I asked
2: you. <laughs>
1: so oftentimes, other people, other people can see what is your gift. That's yeah. one thing. First of all, listen to what people are saying to you, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's going to mm-hmm. generally be that. But at the same yeah. time, people can sometimes off also put you off track. So it's a kind of uh, listening to your gut listening to intuition. And I think the more present we can be, the more meditation we do, Mm. this only amplifies ten times the chances of you actually getting to finding out what it is. So meditation and also perhaps speaking to someone um that can that can kind of help you to to see to see what is your gift and looking back at the childhood especially. Oftentimes, yeah. the gift is is there at childhood, but it can then be repressed, maybe or forgotten about, or maybe even hid purposefully because mm-hmm. there was a, maybe there was a shame of some sort. This this tends to be a a common thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think um what you said about listening to other people is so important as well because I think that is like how. Well, I know I'm just speaking for myself, but I can imagine this is. The same for so many people out there. How many times have we heard someone and someone who's close to us, someone who knows us, telling us that we have a gift for something and not not in a way of like, oh, you why aren't you doing anything with it? But really just being like, Oh, you have you have such a good gift here. You know, just just letting us know and like planting that seed. And it's almost like a mirror of our higher self or our consciousness or our soul being like, Hey, remember remember me? Like, remember this, this um this gift like that that is ours you know and I think so often the ego it just does not want to listen to though to other people especially when it's people that are close to us because I think when it's someone who's not close to you or who doesn't know you or who, who you haven't developed some kind of um like connection with it's easy to just take it as a compliment, and because the ego can be satisfied with that, and be like, "Oh, you, you, you like my singing voice? Thank you." But if it's like your mum or a sibling or someone who you've just had a like, like us when we met, we had just uh, had an instant like soulful connection, and and you recognize immediately, like, "Oh, wow, you have such a, a gift for writing and and speaking." And I think the ego then just does not want to listen and wants to push it away because it's it's easier to hear it from people that it's easier to distance yourself when it comes from people that aren't important to you or that that are just maybe saying it in a more superficial way like oh they just like the sound of your voice but when it's like from soul to soul and it's like you've got you've just got this gift here I think it's it's it can be hard for us to accept and acknowledge because we know like we know that we have to do something with it and and when we have that awareness there's is that there's almost no excuse I was talking about this with a friend the other day and I think I said it to you as well as after I had a um like I was I just had a mushroom trip and all of this stuff came through to me about like feeling oh i have like i have so much to give but i don't know how and my soul was telling me like you you do know how like you do know how you do know how and you might not know exactly what every single thing you have to do or how it's going to look on the outcome but deep down you know what it is that you have to give and you know how you can use the thing the gift that you have in some way and you telling yourself that you don't know what it is it's just a kind of refusal to look at it because you know that once you dig through it and you and you see it you're gonna have to pull it out and you can't just be like oh you can't you can't just brush brush the soil over anymore you have to you have to pull it out and I think for me as well that was another thing that came up was just this deep this deep fear of one of fear of putting myself out there in a way that I know I am like destined to if you like and then the other fear which is kind of the a, an even greater fear it's like that fear that amplified like on steroids which is the fear of getting to the end of my life and like looking back and feeling like my soul is looking back at me like oh you left like you left me behind you didn't you didn't do what we were supposed to do and I think one thing I was saying to my friend is that like oh if, if you didn't have that level of like I don't want to sound conceited like oh I have this level of awareness but if you don't have a certain level of awareness or you're not you haven't gone through many lifetimes on earth yet it's almost that fear will it will it, you might still look back at your life with regret but I don't think it's like a deep fear because it's almost like that ignorance is bliss and your soul will forgive you because you can you can try again next time round. But it's that thing yeah. of being like, I knowing that yeah, maybe you're on your final lifetime on Earth, maybe you're on your penultimate lifetime and and this is the chance that you have. But it's still up to you as a human being. It's not just like, oh, I have this deep awareness and I'm on my last life. So it's automatically gonna happen. Cause no, that's why you're on Earth to make it happen. <laughs> And it's that feeling of like, it's I know this and I have no excuse and it's 100% in my hands and I am in direct communion with my soul. Like I'm talking to her, but I also am her and she's talking to me and she also is me. And so I have this opportunity and it's solely up to me, you know, little <laughs> existential crisis that that in, ensues
1: yeah yeah um i think one one thing um i almost forgot what i was going to say but about kind of looking at the gift again is you have to put yourself out there you mentioned you 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 know struggling maybe to put yourself out there but i think you're not going to know really what it is you're supposed to do unless you do and i think that's one skill that So, looking at someone that can help with your confidence um, or just working just building your own confidence just take that leap of faith it's probably the best thing you can do
2: yeah because
1: if you've got if if you've got a talent for whatever it may be in life what is a talent is someone that is perhaps more strong at something than the collective or a majority Mm. and so in order to find out if it's a talent if it's a gift if you if you if you're if you're a star if you shine within that practice that you're going to do or performance Mm. or whatever it may be you have to put yourself out there for others to see Um, you know the star doesn't shine or or a planet or whatever doesn't look as great and as beautiful as it does until you kind of showcase it or see it in in, um, you know side by side with others Mm. you know if you look at like space if you look at just one star it is one star if you look at a, a thousand stars the same size maybe it all just looks like white but then you bring something else mm. uh, and that one something else stands out and so mm. it's really important i feel is is, is um, developing that kind of just do it hate the leap of faith put yourself out there and if, if it mm. doesn't show results it, straight away it doesn't necessarily always mean also that that's not your thing maybe mm. it wasn't the right time you may need mm-hmm. to uh, build on it in certain ways yeah um, you need to be consistent. Um but at the same time it could change. Actually, you know, my my initial thing with Volk was to do sports clothing. And that's changed oh, wow. quite a lot. And so whatever yeah. it ends up being, you know, just because it's Volk, Volk Pack, sports clothing, yeah. this, um it does change. And um it's about not being attached to the outcome, I think is very important. Um, but yeah, just put yourself out there. Yeah. and try things um and do what you love because what makes yeah. what you what you feel passionate about you know whatever you have a heartfelt connection to that tends mm-hmm. to be the thing mm. that some, some in some shape or form
2: yeah uh,
1: whatever whatever you have a real passion for and you get mm. excited for and you want to yeah. fight for and you want to share with the world or that you really enjoy in some way that mm. that tends to be the thing you know
0: yeah yeah I agree I agree I think as well it's that fear of like you know that um it's not going to be a a linear journey you know it's not just going to be like I'll put myself out there and then and then it's the purpose is realized you know it's going to be like a it's it's going to like require a lot and I think a lot of people are also afraid of not maybe not even maybe less so of the putting themselves out there but they're afraid that once they do put themselves out there they've taken they've put that foot in the door and they've had a glimpse of like oh this is what it feels like to live in purpose even if it's not the pristine perfect outcome that I could have imagined in my dreams but this is what the energy inside me like the core of me feels this is how I get to feel to live in in my sense of purpose knowing that this is what I'm meant to be doing and then looking ahead and seeing like the hundreds of steps in front of you and being like oh my god like I can't even can barely make out the horizon but I can't take my foot out of the door now because I've got a glimpse of it you know but I think that once you do do that you won't go back or it's very unlikely that you'll you'll go back even if you just stay in that one place your whole life with that just one foot in the door and one foot out you won't you won't go back because of how precious that feels to you and like to your inner child and all versions of you that have worked to get you here you'll see that road ahead and even if it's got next to no clarity and it's just really foggy and blurry I think you'll you'll have that commitment to yourself and so like you said it's like once you take that first step it that is that is the hardest step because then even though the steps in front of it might be might be grueling it's the hardest step because once you're there you won't probably won't want to come back so and that is a good feeling like deep down like even though the mind will tell you like oh my god look at wouldn't it just be easier if we did this or wouldn't it be easier if we were just ignorant but your soul would be sitting in that and being like oh yeah it would be easier but I don't want maybe I don't want it to be easier then because this is so much more precious to me you
1: yeah know? yeah I think um I think one of the m- most important things when it comes to assisting yourself in finding your gift and and developing it and taking it into maybe to to become your own boss and have your own business one of the most important things is um it's kind of looking at your childhood and and your your how you respond emotionally to things Mm. because then you can see oh i'm behaving in this way or maybe i've got a fear of this Mm. or a fear of that and when you start to do that work that internal work many of us call it it allows you to see at certain points along your journey when you're trying to for example launch a business or Put yourself out there. What what could be a challenge for yourself? What is holding Mm -hmm. you back, maybe? Mm -hmm. And so, doing that work consciously, that introspection, which I which I don't know if I touched upon a bit earlier on, is probably the biggest thing I did in twenty twenty for the next year and a half was really look at my childhood. And I looked Mm -hmm. at loads of um on YouTube. You look because there's a lot of like the qualified, you know, doctors scientists, psychologists. Mm That that's a big big thing i would say for everyone um it's going to be very beneficial at some point in one's life is to look back at the childhood and to to look at the way you behave and to see oh i behave this way or i attract that as a result mm-hmm. um because that's going to help you when it comes to your all aspects of your life really yeah um, if we're looking at you know the gifts for example what what could be like a barrier
0: yeah yeah I agree I think that's such a vital part of it and I think it's a shame because I think a lot of people are deterred from doing that like th- well this is just my my reason for why I think it is Could I could just be pulling this out of nowhere but I think it's because w- we see a lot of like um, in situations with like therapy and psychotherapy and counseling and things like that there's like oftentimes there's a heavy focus on childhood which in itself is is a good thing but I think the approach of it is very different to how you and I are talking about it now and obviously I think it does have its place and I think it does work for some people especially people who are more very like logical and analytical and things like that but at the same time I've spoken to so many people that feel even when I've had um like discovery calls with potential um clients to be coaching quite a few of them have come back and said to me like oh you know I've I've tried therapy or I've had some counseling and yeah it did it did some I think it did benefit me in some way like it wasn't didn't do any harm to me it did me some good but they they always wanting to focus on my childhood and what happened in my childhood and things like that, and I think I'm not really sh- like I I'm not really sure how to distinguish between the two, but I think because I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know. But also, I've I've experienced that myself as well when I've had therapy and counselling, and I've also experienced the same like line of questioning about childhood when I've had coaching, but in a different way. And when I had coaching, that. Those questions and that kind of um, inciting me to question myself and question certain things I did in my childhood, rather than looking like what happened to you or what was this or tell me about your childhood. Because if, for the most part, unless you have had a traumatic experience or a traumatic childhood, for the most part, my reaction when a therapist would be would ask me about well, what happened in your childhood, I'd be like. Well, I had a very happy childhood, because I did. But it's not really about that. It's not like these two extremes of like, did you experience severe trauma as a child or did you have a happy childhood? It's about, you know, the attachment styles we have, the belief and trust we have in ourselves, the ability we have to express ourselves, the interactions we have, the ability to emotionally regulate, all of that comes through the things that we soaked up during During our childhood, rather than things that happened to us, just the environment Mm. that we were in—these little souls that have just come on this earth just a few short years ago, just trying Mm -hmm. to navigate this whole life and soaking all of this stuff up—like that's the stuff that affects us now, rather than like this person said this to me and this person did this, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's just the
2: angle. Yeah,
1: I think when we look at childhood, I like when I've when I've touched upon it or I've mentioned it. I've had responses from people saying I've had a very good childhood or some mm. people said you had a really good childhood, but it, it is also the subtle things, you know, it's 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 the ways that for example, maybe parents did did raise us. It's it's mm. the ways the subtle ways that a parent can raise a childhood. It's it's the very small things that you would you know and there's a saying like passive blind the blinding eye or something. I don't know what's the maybe you know the saying.
2: Oh I turn, don't know. Oh turn a blind
1: eye, oh, turn turn a blind a blind eye. eye. yeah. Yeah it's um <laughs> it's the subtle things that we can't yeah. you know when someone asks, asks us how was your childhood you wouldn't even think about the subtle things and the, mm. the ways that we were um brought up um and then you know there's certain ways and behaviors that our parents did um, that would then influence how we behave because mm. it's just because it's almost as if everyone does it um mm. so yeah that's no, very interesting
0: yeah no that's true it's a very interesting thing especially when it comes to like purpose and your gifts and talents or things you really love as well I think I want I really do believe that all of that comes back to your what you love during childhood and that doesn't necessarily mean because obviously everyone loved doing creative things as a child that doesn't mean oh every child that loved to paint is destined to become a, a painter but it's like it's also connecting to that feeling like what was that feeling that sparked because for me it was it was writing and that's it's always been like that ever since I was little but it could be that it was writing when I was little and that it might be something else now even if that was like speaking and communicating and sharing in that way and it's like what gives you that feeling that gave you that feeling when you were a child and I think most of us can immediately know what that is and it's but it our ego doesn't want to want to say it because it's like I I don't want I don't want to have that awareness because then I know I have to do something about it and I think especially where your inner child is concerned like I think most of us know that our inner child lives within us is still a big part of us you know those times where you know someone someone says something to you and you ordinarily you have very thick skin you know you go through your daily life um, like I don't know in tough situations and facing obstacles but someone might say one thing that seems like a mean comment to you and you and you tear up because it's that little version of you that's like oh I don't I don't like confrontation or I don't like people saying mean things to me even if they don't mean it or little things like that you know or anything really I think it's just but where that is concerned that's where we all know that we have that if we if we can't have a commitment to ourselves we have to have a commitment to our inner child and I don't think maybe there are some people but I don't think if I anyone I know if I ask this to them oh if you can you do that for yourself right now I think a lot of times they'll be like oh no I can't or I can't be bothered or oh I know I should but I find it difficult and if I just said to them, like, "Can you do that for your inner child right now?" Mm-hmm. It would be so hard for them to say no, and I think it would spark a lot of emotion in them. Be like, "How can I say no to you? Like yeah. to this version of me? I I can't." So, yeah. you know, and and yeah, I think almost the sense of like, there's definitely been times for me when I've I felt like that, and I've felt, "Oh, I'm not able to give you this right now," like to my inner child, and then feeling like no i have to and i'm so sorry that i didn't give it to you and i didn't realize that in not giving it to myself i wasn't giving it to you because it's just the same thing you know
1: yeah yeah i've got a little photo of my uh my little brother younger brother not you know on my table and in the recent in the recent months that's been like the vision that i look to uh, so it's like knowing how Wise beyond his years, he's for his age. He's mad, you know. He's twelve years old, but uh, so mature. And uh, mm. I, I, I look to, I look to him, you know, about the inner child thing. I mean, obviously, my own inner child during meditation and, and stuff. But that's always a reminder. Right? External, you know, photo. uh
2: Yeah. Maybe
1: I should get, get get one of myself when I was a child. That could that could be a good thing. Yeah. Let's look yeah, at ourselves.
0: Yeah, definitely does do something to you. That's that's really cool though, because I feel like I'm an only child. I don't have any siblings, so <laughs> can't relate. But I mean, I guess that is also a part of you, like the inner child of your sibling, especially when it's a sibling who is younger than you. I guess you probably see a lot of your inner child in them, even if you have completely different personalities. You know, mm-hmm. it's like maybe that desire to protect them or never wanting any harm to come to them or things like that it's like like primal you know like you wouldn't feel anything else towards them so
2: yeah I have some photos
0: of myself like as a they're in an envelope but they're like on my little altar but they're of of me when I was like a baby baby like two days old or something (laughs) I found them over Christmas in my um it was actually a really um sweet story made me feel really emotional it was in my um granddad's bedside drawer who passed away about um 10 years ago this year and I didn't know they were there and my my grandma she hasn't like moved any of his stuff like his his stuff is still in the drawer you know she sleeps on his side of the bed and things like that um and she was like oh Claudia look what I found in granddad's granddad's wallet and it was some pictures of her and she didn't know they were there and it was pictures of her when she was younger and some of them of my grandma when she was like a a teenager which is before they even met I was like wow that's so that's so lovely and then she said oh you know come and look in his drawer and then there was like um two or three envelopes and it was just all photos of (laughs) photos of me (laughs) and I was like at different stages of my life and yeah one pack was um one when I was like literally like two days old my I was born in France and he was my granddad was in England at the time and my mum and my grandma were together um in France while I came into the world and so it had all this my mum wrote on the back of it things like oh hi granddad it's me Claudia I'm just two days old I'm I'm doing well like I love you lots and things like that Mm. and then yeah and then another pack um from when I was like four or five six something like that and all and then that stuff was written on the back like "R. Claudia 1998 or "R. Claudia 2000 something and and I was made me think as well like oh that the the love that that my granddad had for me and has for me even though he's not physically here is if if someone I love that much who is no longer physically in my life could love me that much, then I have to love myself that much, mm, you know. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's difficult, or even if it's something you have to work on, I have to accept that if it's difficult, it's because of conditioning, and it's not—it's innate in me to have that love for who I am, you know. And, yeah. and um, yeah, <laughs> going a bit off piece, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's a really powerful, cool. powerful thing. Beautiful. Um so I think before we wrap up, there was just one more thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, which because I know this is something that you do and that you offer and something that um you're really interested and knowledgeable in, and that was um tarot. (laughs) I don't know if you knew that I was gonna ask that. I can see it on your face, like, oh, I know where this is going. I (laughs) had a feeling.
2: Yeah. Um
0: but so I just wanted to ask you like if you want to talk a little bit about like what what pulled you to tarot if you'll excuse the pun (laughs) what pulled you to tarot and like what um what has it done for you and how has that because I know you said you started doing it around 2020 as well um and what has your journey with that been like and how how do you if you want to talk about like things that you offer with regards to tarot and how you incorporate that into what you do as well feel free but I would just really like to know because I have a um set of tarot cards myself but I've only used them a couple of times. I've got yeah. I use my oracle deck more frequently but the tarot is something that I've not like fully dipped my toe into yet because I I feel like I don't know I don't feel quite ready there to go there yet, you know. I feel like I feel like it's it's kind of there like I will pull up a card for myself occasionally. Um but I'm not ready to like fully dive into it yet. So I would love to know what it mm. is for you
2: so
1: well i first got into it when i started seeing these videos quite out of nowhere one can say uh by coincidence i don't believe in coincidence so (laughs) anyway so that was i think early 2020 or maybe even late 2019 um i think i was in spain in spain at the time on holiday late 2019 Mm -hmm. or early 2020 before things kicked off around the world um <laughs> but i saw like a video of a tarot reading
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there was like a, a star sign one on my star sign sun sun sign is pisces astrologically um mm-hmm. sort of like a pisces tower reading and just the message that i had listened to and been presented by the reader on the youtube video it was like a general reading so mm-hmm. these general readings it's quite difficult to um for it to be applicable to everybody because it's really out there in the world but I, mm. I very i very much know rather than believe i very much know that you'll know you will know strongly when a message is for you mm-hmm. um oh,
2: yeah.
1: and now what i mean what i kind of wanted to talk about like what is tarot is and it's funny you yeah, mentioned or, you know,
2: anything
1: i mean it's funny you said like you do oracle cards
2: mm-hmm.
1: um whilst with tarot it's more there's more different cards. There's, I mean, there is literally more cards in a deck. I think it's 70, yeah. 70, 70 something cards in a deck. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst in an Oracle deck, you tend to have not. not... Actually, as I say that, there's a 78 cards in this deck. So, okay. <laughs> not 100% sure. But in mine, there is
0: significantly less as well. The Tarot is like a thick stack, and the Oracle, I was just shuffling it today. and I was like, oh, this is nowhere near as, <laughs> as thick as the Tarot. Well, yeah.
1: But I mean, the thing with the thing with tarot is it's looking at like a journey that's um so tarot cards all tend to be um similar or very similar in in a certain extent because they all tell a similar journey maybe a a journey through life that one may experience and each card represents a certain experience a certain feeling you may have and this is something that is consistent throughout all tarot decks doesn't matter what the Mm designers
2: um
1: whilst with an oracle deck you could really get any sort of message on a card mm-hmm. but, but i think at the core of it and what i wanted to share is just that um you know these tarot cards and this is probably quite um quite different to a lot i think the thoughts of what many people may say i, I don't see it as just reading just like energy but more so i know for a fact that we receive the message that we receive for our highest good and that can sometimes even tell us something that we want to hear or don't want to hear but it's the response that we have yeah. from hearing or experiencing the message that is important
2: mm.
1: so something something might trigger us something might make us very happy but what matters most is the response and that's yeah. that's where you know these tarot cards um are just visuals, they're just they're just pictures with writing on them, um, similar to an Oracle card. And these cards are what are they literally? They're just illustrations that and sometimes they have writing on them. Um and they tell a story and it's what it's it's the story and the message that we speak which is um which is important. And what happens when we do tarot is we we're basically Telling the universe in this present moment, mm. whatever I speak, the tarot reader, whatever the tarot reader speaks and says, you can deliver a message to the person I'm speaking to for their highest good. Instead of it just being a coincidence that so we may walk about in our day to day life and we mm. may experience coincidences, we may bump into people like an old friend and they might say something that really resonates a lot strongly. And in those moments, that's very similar to what happens in tarot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we're just, but the only difference is when we're doing tarot, is it's it's a, it's more purposeful. We are mm. sitting down, taking time mm-hmm. out of our day, and telling we're basically communicating to the world, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Cause I don't know, I don't know for mm. a fact what it's called, but we are saying, okay, we're sat down now, us two people. Mm. What is the message and the words that you want me to share with this person? And it can be a wonderful message. It can be a, a challenging one to receive. It can be to give some guidance or something. But
2: mm.
1: however it comes across is is for the person's highest good. Because mm. wherever they are at that time, I strongly believe that wherever they are in that time mm-hmm. is is for their it's for their greater good. It's for their yeah. um, their progress. So really. Us, our ego and human minds. We just simply use these kind of illustrations and writing um, to comprehend and to to speak a message. But I do believe that the message can, uh, if you, for example, look into channeling or um, mm-hmm. clair uh, clairvoyance. I believe it is one of the psychic mm-hmm. psychic abilities. Clairvoyance is to, to look at a, vi- a visual and to be able to speak a message um, or to maybe mm-hmm. receive it from, from elsewhere. Mm. um you know using these what we call clairvoyance or psychic abilities is a is a is another heightened way of uh, perhaps communicating the message that anyone can mm. first will be psychic but also yeah. anyone can also just read tarot you, know, yeah. you look at a visual and you say what do you see if you yeah. see like an, an old man for example the emperor there's an older man and um you know we can we can go into detail maybe another time but it's it's all about what you see
2: mm-hmm. on the
1: card and maybe how it makes you feel and you communicate that to the person mm. um, It's actually really simple in a way you're just literally mm. speaking what you see and it's yeah. just a message um, but really I, I found it quite challenging to maybe fully uh, fully explain that but yeah um, no
0: that was really um insightful thank you. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, and I, I agree yeah. that everyone like everyone is or everyone can be psychic. Like I think oftentimes people put other people who are psychic or have psychic abilities on like a pedestal. And it's like but one person who is psychic and another person who is psychic, it's not like a a meter of who's more psychic than the other, because they're gonna those even if they both have like a strong sense of clairvoyance, for example, and it's the same clair and the same quote unquote psychic ability, the way that it manifests in them is going to be so completely different. And one person is not going to be able to do what the other person can do and, and vice versa. And I think, I think, um, I think we can all like tap into these like psychic abilities that we have. And I think oftentimes it, like it, on on one hand it can seem so overwhelming be like oh you know i remember there was a time like a few years ago where i was so focused on the fact that i couldn't see angel numbers you know and i was like oh i'm hearing all about angel numbers and i don't ever see any and and things like that and then before you know it they're everywhere but even if they weren't that wouldn't be a part of my i wouldn't be attached to that now anyway you know and okay. i think sometimes we're so focused on something looking a certain way especially a word that's so loaded like psychic like what does that really mean like what media and um, entertainment and things have we been fed like what immediately comes into our head when we hear the word psychic is probably quite far from what it actually represents what it actually is and I think we can focus so much on like how what we think something is and then we miss so much in the in the meantime like you know focusing so much on I can't see angel numbers and then missing so much that you can see or maybe that you can't see but that you can feel or that you can hear or that you can know or that you can sense and things like that you know
2: yeah Um, yeah I think I
0: think the more we
1: detach the better it the, the more chance we provide ourselves to connect to these things, yeah. I think through through detachment of the result, through detachment of the want, but yeah. simply being open to it and knowing that it exists, mm. and, and not fear, and not being fearful as well. I think it's quite important. If yeah. we if we are scared of it, it, it doesn't help because it, it shows we're not ready. Mm. Um. So yeah,
0: yeah. That's such a cool thing that when I think about it, like that everyone has this this ability it's just so magical really to me it's it's like wow this is what this is what being on earth is really about it's not like attaining one level of perfection or achieving this level of success it's just about like it's it's just magic it's like oh i can i can manipulate this energy and you know for bad or for good i can do i can um I can play trial and error with this. I can play a game with the universe. Like it's like the Sims or something, you know, like, I can put this here and oh what if I just do this experiment like oh if I if I really keep thinking about this, like will I see it? Or just just and I think the more you do that, the less attachment you have, which sounds funny because you would think like, oh, the if you're constantly trying to do something, you'd be so attached to it. But if you really just see it as like fun and a game and something that you're in this physical human body to explore and be curious about because your soul knows it all anyway without having a concept of knowing it it's like it just is it's like omnipresence it's like your soul's not like oh i'm psychic (laughs) you know
2: Mm or i'm
0: one soul is they're not having a debate on who's more psychic than the other like it just is and i just think when i think about that and i'm like wow it's this this um it just leaves me in awe really even now when we're talking about this it feels like there feels like a a magical essence in the air like i just got chills like even that Mm. you know like oh you get chills when you hear something or when you i don't know like if if you're meditating or if you're praying and you say something specific and then you get chills it's like wow what does like that's that's amazing isn't it that's not yeah that that's that's a direct result of that energy and i think I don't know it's just so cool. I feel like my it just like sparks my inner ch- like my childlike curiosity is like wow. Like I don't know it's just so cool, you know. And like navigating that with a mar- with a human brain that's trying to comprehend everything is also so cool because it's like we're just constantly playing this game of flitting between the two and being like wow, there's there's this magic and there's this like really rooted logical stuff that the thing inside my head my brain that's helping me live is trying to achieve and then there's my soul that's also helping me live Is completely void of that and and this is so cool because i am a representation of the two yeah it's
1: just it's, um if you don't mind me saying it i think you you mentioned about the childlike feeling that you have that mm. feeling that you have that excitement i could see it like in your face just mm. kind of hear it in your voice yeah it's that childlike wonder and, and joy and openness mm. that allows allows the magic to occur. And that's why yeah. so often the case when we're in in our childhood, you know, children see things or they have that childlike wonder. They are connected mm. more so. They are so much more connected than, you know, generally the majority of adults tend mm. to be later in life because of that, that openness and that yeah. playfulness about it.
0: Yeah that's so true and then that I feel like that links directly with the stuff we we're talking about purpose from and you know knowing what your gifts and your talents are as a child when you're a child and you have no fear of trying new things and you you're not afraid of like I don't know going to a gymnastics class and falling over trying to do a handstand if you you know if you do that now your whole body and mind feels like it's fighting a lion it fills with fear and it's like oh my god what's gonna happen i'm upside down in a handstand, like i'm gonna fall and what's gonna happen or well, the ground is gonna catch you that's what's gonna happen you know but yeah it's it's the same thing really isn't it it's just like going for things like full throttle when we we're a kid and yeah, i just i i think that's so cool it's so cool as well to see I think now when I see children like playing and stuff like especially like outside when the sun is shining and things like that more so than I would have done like four five years ago or something would have I would have probably just thought kids were annoying at that point or sometimes cute but now I just look at them and I'm like wow like you're so you're just an open canvas and it's so cool and I just think like, oh, I don't want you to I don't want you to grow up, you know, Mm, and be a be a slave to to all the conditioning. But then I guess like that's what we and other people are here to to do as well, is like kind of try and create a new world for those generations to to grow up in. So hopefully they they have less of that fear instilled in them and um, create a new foundation for them to grow up in, I guess. So... Long,
1: beautifully said, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to slowly start to wrap up this chat now. Um, but before... Um, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I have a few, like, final... Um, quick fire questions that I just have at the end that I ask all my guests. Um, so I, it's called quick fire, but it's, you don't have to answer in like one word. Don't worry, you can just. <laughs> it's because these are the only questions that I pre-prepare. Pre- so, <laughs> um, and it's just cool to hear everyone's everyone's answer. Um, but cool. before that, like, if you if you have anything anything else you want to add, anything you want to share, uh,
1: feel just free. Thank you so much for the opportunity to speak oh, and uh, <laughs> to, to converse it's been great um some really interesting subjects i think we touched upon um and yeah just a message to anyone listening is just 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 do it there's that nike slogan you know just do it it really is it's, um
2: yeah
1: just just try and like uh, be be like that child you know that fearless mm. childhood energy and mm. um yeah, I think we can learn a lot from children. To be honest with you,
0: mm. I agree. Um, also, I forgot. I do um, like a little oracle card pull. Speaking of cards, um, during not my, oops, during my um, guest episode, so I try and like I've shuffled the cards and I just kind of had them laying out soaking up the energy of this conversation um so i'm just gonna like put my hand along them and then whenever you feel called to say stop you can do it as quickly or take as long as you like um then i'll stop and i'll pick the card and then i'll see i'll see what it says see if it resonates with anything in this conversation or see if it's just completely if we were just thrown a wild card by the universe So. I'll just start now, and you can tell me whenever you feel, whenever you feel called.
2: <laughs> Stop. Okay, hang on.
0: So it actually was like right in the middle of two. So I just picked both of them out. It was like the literal middle one. Um, oh, this is so cool! I love this. Oh, so. The first one is Rise, and it the little thing it says is Greatness is Possible. <laughs> and the two, um, like, themes are Purity and Corruption. So they have, like, mm. on the Oracle deck I have, it's like, yeah, the two themes, like, the two, two sides of this, the coin, I guess. And then the second hand was, um, the second card was Unity, the hand that bonds finding self within or without. Wow! Oh shit, that's Another. the university card, I think. And then that's
2: the, I'll send you a picture of them afterwards. And that's the rise. It's quite dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, oh, that's so cool, isn't it?
0: Wow! Yeah, yeah. I'm always in awe when stuff like this happens. Like it, it doesn't. It's not like a surprise, but you, you just can never fail to just be like, wow! Like you, the universe did it again. <laughs>
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: like it just just the words just escape me it's just so cool um anyway so final quick fire round questions you can take as long as you need to answer um and just whatever intuitively comes to mind for you um so the first one is how do you want to look back on your life in 70 years time Inshallah, Ooh. we're both here in 70 years. So.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> 70 years. I'm, how do I want to look back on my life? Mm. Uh, with a big smile on my face because I see that as a collective, we have really grown and just like dealt with like, limiting beliefs and. Mm. anything that holds us back individually, seeing that we have um, now implemented uh, education for some of the things perhaps we've spoken about, Mm -hmm. uh, aiding others to become empowered, and just seeing that society as a whole, uh, certain things we discuss to be more norm and to be more um, subjects that are, and practices that are done in a more normal place, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Just seeing happiness around me, and okay. that others are happy, happy doing what they do. Because yeah. I'm, I'm relatively content as I am. It might sound a bit daft, but yeah.
2: No,
0: that's really beautiful. I really it made me feel a bit emotional when you said that at the beginning. It was really, really nice answer. Um, not that they're being judged for a competition, but
2: <laughs>
0: that's a nice answer. Um, then the second one is what, what, what do you want people to know that would make, no, sorry, what would you want people to know in order to make them live their fullest experience now, if that makes sense? <laughs> I feel like I could have worded that better.
1: What would I want people to know? Uh... I'd like them to know that no matter what happens, okay, and that it's just our ego, and it's just our ego that kind of wants things to end up a certain way. But whatever's happening is happening for your highest good,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and even if it's challenging, or even if it's a wonderful moment and you're really celebrating life, there's always Mm going to be the duality of up and down, no matter what, no matter who you are,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and to simply ride the wave and it's you know it's okay you're, you're yeah. gonna be okay and you are okay and you will be okay just mm. just keep going and never give up never give up because that mm. when it comes down to it although i can say it's okay you know in the toughest of times it can really almost um kill you so just never give up yeah. that's not that's like those are the words that i live by and it's mm. kind of engraved inside me as in my in my soul you know
0: Thank you. Um, Next one is, what does being present mean to you?
2: Mm. What a question. Great question. What is (laughs) present?
1: Listening to your breath. Listening. That's literally what I was just thinking.
0: That's so crazy.
1: Listening and feeling your breath.
0: That's so crazy because I was I was really just thinking that like I was thinking that I love, like I love silences in conversations when someone's thinking of what they're gonna say. Like I really just Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's just something I love because it's, it's like they don't feel like they need because i feel like we we live in a world where it's like oh you need to have an answer straight away like why you you can't take your time to to think and i think especially a question that seems that like the most simple like what does being wh- what's being present well it just is and then when you were like thinking i was just list i was listening to my breath and i was thinking oh that's what it is being present it's just listening to the breath and then you said it it's so cool <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Yeah. um <laughs> there's yeah final two so if you could describe or define your current experience in three words what would they be whether that's your current experience like right now in this moment or where you are in life or whatever resonates with you uh,
1: unknown excitement um, journey.
0: Love that. <laughs> um and finally <clears throat> are there any like um anything that has helped you along your journey in terms of like books you've read or quotes that you've heard or things that have really like really really stuck stuck with you that have just ingrained kind of ingrained themselves in you that you've just heard along the way or that you've sought out along the way or teachers or lessons or things like Mm -hmm. that
1: there's this one like quote um i think i put on my instagram recently it's about apparently a shaman said it but whoever said it it's a great quote and it's I can't recite it exactly so don't quote me on it but it's along the lines of um too much of anything is like poison basically (laughs) it's not the most happy chappy but it's about the idea of like um yeah literally too much of anything is is not good for us so Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah it could be too much food too much exercise too much uh, enjoying of certain mm. luxuries um, so just kind of like balancing it out
2: mm.
1: probably a better mm. thing will come to you later on And but yeah no it's cool
0: just, I was just I'm trying wondering. to find because I, re- I think I remember you putting that on your story I was going to find it um, on your um... oh yeah I, fa- I found it because was it this one? Anything beyond what we need is, is poison. It can be power, laziness, food, ego, ambition, vanity, fear, anger, whatever. I think it,
2: Yeah, okay. yeah. I feel like just it's,
1: cool. it's a I bit like depthy that. and heavy, maybe. But if you really listen to it and incorporate it into your life, then you should be, you should be good to go, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that as well. I think that's like a really, that that's a really ego-triggering quote. Like anything, because it's so, um, not extreme, but like extreme in a way, because it's anything beyond what we need is poison. And it's like, wow. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> you know, like it's really, um, it's like a really bold statement. But I think, I don't, I don't think you can really argue with that because it's like, it's the equivalent of what you said, Every, anything, um, too much of anything is too much.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's It's,
0: true. it's uh, so true. Anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, if, well, do you want to tell listeners or audience, whatever, where people can connect with you or find you if, um, if they want to be a part of your world <laughs> or if they're curious?
1: yeah sure so um you'll find me on um on instagram TikTok, and youtube underneath the um profile name of volk pack so it's v-o-l-k underscore p-a-c-k um so yeah i'll be sharing all than any kind of things that i've learned through these years and continue to learn along with um trying to really help others with their um journey and uh, discovery of their, of their inner gifts and shining as the star that they are.
0: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you. It was such a, I was just like, lit my lit my soul up. So thank you. I really appreciate that. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much again, Claudia me it's been, it's been awesome. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you thank you so much for listening to that incredible episode I hope you got as much from it as I did Um, share it with your friends share it with people that you think could benefit from finding more out about purpose what it means to live in purpose go give Anoush a follow let us know what you think I think there'll definitely be a part two coming because I really could have just had that conversation for hours and hours and hours um, but as divine timing would have it, it ended, and I think Anusha's laptop or phone was on about three or four percent, so it really was just divine timing. Um, conversations like that always light me up so much because they're so intuitive and so flowy, and they really have no rubric whatsoever, because I just trust in the connection and that the direction of the conversation will just flow exactly as and when it needs to. So I'm really grateful um, to have had that space to have such an amazing conversation. Let me know what you thought. And until next time, may your breath be relentless, may your spirit be exalted, and may your joy be contagious. Thank you so much again for listening.